0: Thank you for listening to another fantastic installment of This I Remember by Mary Ferguson. For the full archive of all of the episodes, please visit carbondalehistory.org. If you would like to be able to search through the entire transcription library of all of her episodes, please email info at carbondelhistory.org. Thanks so much. Stay tuned. Subscribe.
1: Tonight, I have Elner Barthel. Ament. Eleanor is a long-time citizen of this area. She doesn't live here now. She lives in Broomfield, Colorado. Eleanor's father and his brother, Pete Barthel and Ed Barthel, came here and spent the winter at Penny Hot Springs in 18. Eighty-two. Pete Barthel's brother, well, the family moved to um, Grand Valley and pioneered there. Pete Barthel evidently went to Gypsum because there he met Susan Dahl, the daughter of Frank Dahl, of gypsum they returned to carbondale and have lived here or lived here a long long time mr barthel became the uh, mayor of carbondale and was mayor from 1928 to 1938 so now i will talk to his daughter eleanor Eleanor, you were the baby of the family.
2: That's right.
1: Tell us about your family and your sister and Sam.
2: Well, we came here. I was born in Washington, Spok- Spokane, Washington, and uh, then we moved back to Carbondale, and I went to school here. And my first teacher was Dorothy, Dorothy Sweet. Dorothy Sweet. Sweet. Right. Uh huh and I went through school all the way here. I graduated when Mr. Gerald, Hubert Gerald's father, was principal.
1: Mr. Gerald, Mr. Gerald's daughter is married to Stanley Pings, who is another old-time Carbondale resident.
2: That's right, and as I remember it, Mr. Pings was postmaster, and, um, Oh, gosh, there's so many of these old names I'd like to recall, but I don't... Uh. Frank, Rich, and Rose were over in the Eastern Star. I joined the Eastern Star when I was 18, and I've been a, a member ever since. And I've never transferred because I felt that this chapter over here needed all the help they could get, so I have stayed with this chapter. and and I get back about once a year and enjoy seeing the people, and I had a delightful time yesterday meeting different ones from back, way back, some of them, and and I think Mary was very sweet to ask me to be on this program tonight so that I could speak to some of you and tell you how Carbondale has changed. I can't believe it's the same little town that I left. I think there were about Oh, 400 citizens here maybe when when I took off to be married and live in Denver. And then when I came back and I saw what had happened to Carbondale, the only thing they haven't changed is Mount Sopras. And I don't think they can change that.
1: We hope we don't change it.
2: I hope you don't either, because it's a beautiful mountain. And we were up on Missouri Heights this afternoon and enjoyed looking at it from up there. and. We go up on the Sweet Farm up the other way and look at Sopras from up there, and it's just a beautiful mountain. Another thing I enjoy about Carbondale, and that is the friendliness. Now, there's few people left that I really know, and yet everyone is friendly. They all talk to you, and and is there anything we can do for you? And, oh, you've lived here before, and they're just great people to be around. I'm disappointed that our house doesn't look like it used to up on the corner of 4th and Garfield. They've changed it around and moved it over to the edge of the street. The schoolhouse that I went to school in has been torn down, so there's nothing there. But as I say, they can't change Sopras.
1: That's great that we can change Sopras. Elner, have you been in our new post office?
2: No, but I have a picture of it. We came over when they were building it, and uh, we took a picture then, and then I've taken a picture since it's uh, finished, and I intend to take a lot of these pictures back to show Darl and Thelma Hinkle, which I'm sure a lot of you will remember. They live over in Denver, not too far from us, and we get to see them quite often and talk to them at least once a week.
1: Of course, the Hinkle building has changed since Darrell and his dad have moved away. Well, it burned down, didn't it? And well, it's been rebuilt, rebuilt. Uh-huh. or the uh, building itself didn't burn down, the fire was inside the building, and uh, the framework is still there and has become, a, well, you can look out the window and see that it's still in full force over there.
2: That's right. Another thing that surprised me talking about fires, I can remember Caddy catty corner across from our house, They had, oh, a little tiny square building and a big bell on the top of it. And when there'd be a fire in town, they'd go out and ring the bell real fast. And then the volunteers would come and grab the cart and away they'd go. And it was just a two-wheel cart and it had um, hoses wrapped around it. And they'd drag this to wherever the fire was. And by the time they hooked it up, the fire usually had a pretty good start.
1: They got it out every time, though.
2: Yes, they did. They did a real good job of it.
1: Well, Eleanor, what do you remember of the days when your father was mayor? So many things had happened during that time.
2: Well, really, Mary, I was shocked that my father was mayor that long. I didn't realize it. I know that uh, we had some surveyors staying at our house, and I think my brother was one of the surveyors that surveyed the town for the water lines. Now, I don't know whether they went in when, they were, when Dad was mayor, but I know that they surveyed it, and, uh, and I heard them talking about where the lines would go and so on and so forth. And that year was the year that Wiley Post and uh, Will Rogers were killed because the engineers were sitting in our house talking when it came over the radio that they had been killed.
1: That's a a landmark in time.
2: Yes, it was.
1: Uh, Mr. Barthel uh, gave me the inspiration to read magazines. Every time I went to your house, there were new magazines everywhere. And I thought that that was so wonderful to think that he had his own magazines that I didn't have to borrow. He didn't have to borrow, I did. Nevertheless, my house now is full of magazines, and it dated back to when I used to visit Rachel, your older sister, who was my chum at that time. And I thought it was it was just perfectly marvelous, the magazines you had at your house.
2: Well, we certainly had many of them, and we enjoyed them, and Dad saw that we read most of them. And he was a keeper. I mean, I think when mother sold that house, it was about ready to tumble down with all the magazines that were upstairs in the attic. But going back to my family, I think Sam and I are the only ones left. He's in Mexico. My sister Eve, which some of you probably knew, died in 1980. And then my sister Rachel, which I know a lot of you knew because she and Mary taught school around this country for a good many years and she died in 1965.
1: When my son was born and I stopped teaching Rachel took my class and I gave her a lot of my patterns and things for the school and I always resented that because it wasn't long till I was back in school.
2: That's but, too bad because uh, when she died there were a lot of them in her basement and I think they probably gave them to the kindergarten down there because she had a kindergarten in her this house. This was in for a Rifle. Right. In right. Rifle. Right.
1: And Sam is... Uh,
2: Sam's in New Mexico. He was with the University of California for a while and then he changed... Uh, now, it could have been the other way around, the Zia Company. Anyway, he was in with the Los Alamos people on the big work up there which they couldn't tell us anything about but... It was...
1: Classified,
2: right, classified information. And when we go down to Seam, we had to have passes, and they looked us all over, and you'd have thought we were criminals going in and out, but I guess now it's quite open and most anyone can get in.
1: Well, is that? Do they have a white sand there?
2: It's quite close. Quite close to white sand. White
1: sand. Right. Now, the school that you spoke of used to be in front of the middle school now, where that great big pine tree is growing. That was a two-story brick building. All 12 grades were in that building.
2: That's right. The
1: um, first...
2: First and second?
1: Eighth grades were downstairs, Mm -hmm. two grades to a room, and high school and the library upstairs. And our programs and our activities were held mostly in the Oddfellows Hall.
2: That's right, we used to have our plays and everything in the Oddfellows Hall. I remember going down there to basketball games and they had a great big stove in the corner of the room. and
1: Big pot oh, Belly.
2: Oh, I'm telling you. And then all the dances were there. I remember the flower shows that they had in there were beautiful, everybody around. Carbondale raised beautiful flowers, starting with Mrs. Seabreeze, the first one I remember having such
1: beautiful, beautiful flowers. Mrs. Seabury, of course, inspired everyone to have a beautiful yard, a beautiful garden and flowers. And our flower show dance was the main event of the year. Of course, now we have the uh, one that we had last night oh that the was potato one. day
2: right that was delightful yesterday and so many people came and then of course i think with our king and queen that kind of kind of led it off with mary and uh, edis fender it was just real nice we enjoyed it very very much
1: i enjoyed all the little kids that were in the parade they were oh they were darling
2: those little, little potatoes were just as cute as they could be. And the little beetles, right. all of them,
1: were, um, well, they make Carbondale, and, of course, we hope they will carry on this tradition of Carbondale. Carbondale was 78 years old, and, I mean, the potato day was 78 years old, and Carbondale was 100 years old. That and if you counted the little Chocolate drops around the edge of each cake, you would have counted 100. For oh, each year. that's interesting.
2: I didn't know that, or I would have been counting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you see um, really changed in Carbondale since you were a high school girl here?
2: Well, it's amazing to me how the town has grown. And another thing that I like about it, with its growth, it has gone to such beautiful lawns and flowers and these canals that they have brought in with the water flowing through them. Just, It's just a beautiful thing to see. You know, so many of these places pop up all over and they build the buildings all exactly alike and they have no grass, no nothing around them, and just a sea of humanity. But Carbondale has kind of stuck to their beautiful lawns and grass, flowers, trees, and it's just a joy to come back here. We
1: have kept Main Street as much like Main Street used to be. We have some wonderful people on Main Street, and they are taking good care of it. And, of course, now our Main Street goes down to the river.
2: Yes, it does. We were over here. Down to Crystal River. And Crystal River doesn't have much water in it anymore either. (laughs) Well, did
1: you ever see Montsopris as bare as it is this year?
2: Never. There's just that little white spot just in that saddle up there. A little bit of
1: ice up there.
2: But, oh, the ice on everything this morning, and I do hope it gets (laughs) these leaves and they tumble down before they have a real snowstorm and breaks all the branches.
1: We've had that happen in June.
2: Yes, that's true. I've been here in June when it's been below the freezing mark everybody's garden would be peeping through and bang and it'd go one winter night do you have as much snow mary as we used to have now or more
1: last year i swept my sidewalk twice three or four years ago the kids would come down with the tractor to push the snow off the sidewalk we don't know what's going to happen we we look for a lot of snow We get it or we don't get it. This has been what they call the unusual year.
2: Well, it's been unusual all over the state too. In fact, I guess we can say the United States, they've all had different weather this year, it seems.
1: We've had days when we had all four seasons in one day. (laughs)
2: That's (laughs) That's true of Colorado, isn't it? We just don't know what's gonna happen. They always say, don't they, if you don't like it, just wait a while and it'll change. You know, this radio station brings me back to George Sealing. I made uh, call cards for George Sealing to put, and I think instead of being back here in this wing, it was clear over on the east wing and the back, last room in the wing where he had his, uh, what do you call those uh, ham radios? A ham radio. Right, and I used to sit up there with George and watch those dials spinning around, and now I'm sitting here with Mary and seeing all the, dials switched around again.
1: Uh, George Silling, of course, uh, was related to the Dinkle family, and he was interested in mechanical things and a whiz and math. So it was not really unusual for him to be interested in things of this kind.
2: Things of this kind and his little old... uh, What did he play? Uh, Well, he played the banjo and the drums. Right.
1: And he was part of the orchestra that we had here at one time called the Eggs Eddas, George Thurston, George Sillings, and Shirley Wickman.
2: Now, was Shirley, uh, uh, I remember Marion Wickman.
1: Was that her daughter? uh, Shirley was Marion's daughter, and Marion was Alberta Seabree's daughter. You can't talk about people in Carbondale because everybody's related to somebody.
2: That's for sure, and you know it's funny, but when you get away from here, you have to be careful, too, because every now and then you'll meet somebody that knows somebody in Carbondale, and they could be related. So it's just one great, big, happy family.
1: Your father was a Canadian.
2: That's right. My father was born in uh, Canada, and then they came to Colorado. I think they came when the war was... War was breaking out in England and dad was to be in Princess Pat's army and he felt he needed he had more allegiance to the United States than he did to England so he came back and then my dad ran for senator one year and they brought this all up and his uh, papers his citizenship papers had been burned in the courthouse in Gunnison So he had quite a time proving who he was and whether he was a citizen or whether he wasn't. Uh, Did he
1: ever go back to Canada?
2: I've never been back, but my mother and father had gone back and uh, dad saw his old birthplace, which was Stratford on the Avon, just like it is with Shakespeare. And dad used to quote a lot of Shakespeare. I don't know whether that was the reason or not, but anyway, we used to hear it quite often um we bought our house that on uh, 4th and garfield from the severses and i remember george severs real well and i think he's still living and out in california he's in california
1: now mm-hmm. and of course the Seavers ranch they still his family still own the Seavers ranch does uh, the doll still own the ranch at uh at
2: gypsum? gypsum but just part of it really it's been sold down to just one of the home places and my aunt lived there and of course she passed away a few years ago so now it belongs to my um, uncle that she married which is a gerard so i have do uh, they
1: still run cattle
2: no i think they have rented everything out i don't believe they have any cattle at all anymore but of course grandfather brought the uh, the uh, hereford breed into colorado and he was great in in winning prizes and whatnot at the national western
1: i remember going to visit your grandparents with rachel and uh, your aunt was a great rider, and i used to it would worry me to death to see her get on one of those crazy horses and take off
2: I guess and, uh, that's the reason my dad married my mother. He saw her galloping into gypsum on a horse, and he thought, boy, anybody that can ride a horse like that ought to be a good wife for me. So he waited <laughs> for her to gra- grow up, though. I mean, mother was uh, 10 years younger than dad, so he had to wait for her to grow up. <laughs> but uh, grandfather really raised horses when he came out here. He came out here to raise horses and he raised a lot of them for Sells Photos uh, Circus, and he had pictures all over the place, and I'm sorry they got scattered around because we don't have, but just very few of them left anymore.
1: Put them in an album and guard
2: them with your life. That's right, but even then, the album has a way of disappearing too.
1: You, uh, sp- when you uh father was mayor here in town uh i remember we had a lot of uh, friction at ball games and dances with basalt and we would call out the mayor and he'd get up on the stage and he would give Carmondale holy hell and then basalt holy hell and he'd tell us to quit drinking not me dago red <laughs> and uh go on and dance and have a good time and that was the end of it. Dean Smith would take some of the people up to the little jail and let them sleep it off on Saturday nights and the town would be serene Sunday morning.
2: <laughs> well, I don't remember that so much but I do remember that he would get calls in the middle of the night somebody's cow's out and it's in my garden or somebody's horse is tramping up my flowers and and then he'd get out or call the the marshal and the marshal would go out. Another thing I know, they used to call him about the roads because they weren't paved or or oiled or anything and they get real ruddy. And Pete, can't you do something about these roads? And of course, about the minute the grader had the roads all fixed, we'd have another rainy spell or snowy spell and the roads would be in the same mess they were in before they crawled out the graders. Then somebody else.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Carbondale Historical Society's podcast. This episode is part of our This I Remember Audio Archive. This archive are interviews conducted in the 1980s and 90s by Mary Ferguson, a longtime resident of Carbondale, born in Spring Gulch. These interviews aired on Katie K and were recently donated to the Historical Society by Mary's descendants. The Historical Society wants to thank Katie K, Seven Stars, Rebecca Lodge, number 91, Alpine Bank and Meredith and Dan Bullock Ferguson's family as well as the many other donors and volunteers who came together to save these tapes and make them forever available to our Carbondale community. Enjoy.